Buster Murdoch speaks regarding the allegations that have been made against him. This woman should have received prison for her sentence for making a false allegation, not probation. Porch pirates are becoming more bold. Wait till you see this. And then finally, is there a serial killer on the loose? And then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment. Hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can listen to us on any of your podcasting apps, your favorite podcasting apps, that is. And remember, join us this evening for our live show, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we got Lori Vallow. Remember, she's um, making a trip down to Arizona. We talked about that just last week in a video. I'm going to put a link to it because, well, it's pretty good because she's going down there and she's not going via a portal. And um, we will also do our call-in line tonight. And we're going to do that because, well, it's been a little while since we've done the call-in. And immediately following that, we're going to have our Patreon show. So please join us. Let's go ahead and open the docket for August 29th, 2023. And let's go ahead and open the record first. Buster Murdoch. You remember Alec Murdoch's son? The redheaded one? The one that's still alive? Well, he um, is breaking his silence about the death of his high school classmate in a new documentary that is going to be released next week. Now, Buster has been uh, the focus of rumors and innuendo surrounding the death of Stephen Smith back in July of 2015. Now, Smith was a young, openly gay teenager whose body was found in the middle of a road there in Hampton, South Carolina, and he had suffered some head trauma. Everyone tried to say he was hit by a car, but the investigation, the evidence at the scene didn't make sense of this hit and run that a lot of people tried to uh, buy off on, so to speak. For example, Smith's shoes remained on. Usually when somebody's hit and run, the shoes fly off, particularly because in this case, Mr. Smith was hit there on the road and his shoes were on and they were untied. And then the Murdochs stepped in, they were gonna do it, they were gonna represent him if there was anything charged. The whole thing's just weird. So a lot of people made allegations that, well, you know, it probably had something to do with those Murdochs, an old buster. And some, you know, salacious allegations were made and um, nothing ever came of it. But then, as you may recall, when the police were executing search warrants at the Moselle property, when they were investigating the deaths of Maggie and Paul, you know, Alex Murdoch's wife and son that aren't living anymore. In fact, he's been convicted of their deaths. Guess what? They reopened that investigation based upon items that were found. Now, Mr. Smith's death was initially ruled a hit and run. But obviously, the state troopers investigating the uh, crash uh, with, took issue with the findings, as did the Smith's family. Now, small-time gossip fueled rumors that Buster Murdoch was in a possible relationship with Mr. Smith. Now, Buster Murdoch and Smith were together at the Wade Hampton High School. They were simply classmates, and they played on the same baseball team. Now, Buster Murdoch is speaking about all these rumors in an interview for a documentary that's going to air next week. It's called The Fall of the House of Murdoch. And he states, I quote, I never had anything to do with his murder, and I never had anything to do with him on a physical level. 
says Buster. Now, like I said, speculation about Buster Murdoch's involvement in Smith's death intensified when Smith's mother had her son's body exhumed and another autopsy was performed. Now, the documentaries and podcasts have kind of focused on rumors that the state troopers heard about Buster Murdoch and uh, Smith during the investigation. The speculation prompted Buster to issue a statement denying what he called vicious rumors. The statement and the body being exhumed follows Alec Murdoch's trial in which he was convicted, obviously, of the murders of Maggie and Paul. Now, this will be the first time that Buster Murdoch has granted an interview about the murders or Smith's case. It all marks the second time that the general public will hear from Buster himself. Now, Buster was asked where he was the night that Mr. Smith was killed. Hmm. Journalists setting him up, perhaps? Hmm. Well, he says, Mr. Buster Murdoch says, the night Stephen was killed, I was at our Edisto Beach house. Buster claims. The reporter asks then, well, who are you with? Your family? My mom and my brother. Ooh, they're not around to corroborate that, are they now? Anyway, when asked about how the rumors has affected his life, Buster became emotional and said, well, let me tell you, this is very, 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 it had that many varies, it's a terrible thing to place on somebody with absolutely no facts. I mean, it has harmed my reputation. People perceive me as a murderer. Now, according to Sandy Smith's lawyer, a grand jury was impaneled to investigate Smith's death earlier this summer, but the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, a.k.a. SLED, has investigating Smith's death since June of 2021, and obviously no true bill has been returned on an indictment as of yet. We will have to wait and see. Somehow I think nothing will come from it, but this new documentary will air August 31st. First, next on the docket, I think this woman needs to go to prison. Now, a married South Dakota woman admitted she made up an allegation of a sexual assault in Florida to get a free STD test, well, after she was cheating on her husband. And when police discovered she bought the rope that she said she was tied up with from Walmart, things went downhill from there. So Renee Don Skokland, she's 30 years old. She will spend next two years under community control, a form of house arrest, eight years on probation, and will have to pay a fine of more than $17,000, which equates to the cost of the investigation. Now, the STD test costs a little over 24 bucks down there in Florida, where Skokland reported on March 8th that she had been the victim of the sexual battery. And according to 911 audio that was released, she claimed she pulled over to the side of the road with car trouble. A man tied up her hands and feet, put a towel over her head, shoved her head in the car, and then, you know, did the bad stuff. Anyway, the police became suspicious when she was a little too specific about the type of rope used to bind her, one which has uh, only sold at a local Walmart where cops requested security footage and spotted Skokland herself buying the rope. Ooh, bad fact. Well, needless to say, following this discovery, the detectives recovered the video from multiple places and that Miss Skokland had visited 
in the time surrounding the attack, refuting her initial statements that she had given to the police. Yes, that's called attempting to influence a public official. Well, she attempted to change her statement before eventually admitting to fabricating the entire incident. In a bizarre twist, it was revealed that the then-married Skokland fabricated her assault in an attempt to get a free STD test after she had had a one-night stand. She apparently had consensual intercourse with an individual down there in uh, Florida. Then she felt a little guilty about it because of her marital status, and she wanted to get checked out for any STDs. Well, Miss Skokland was arrested and charged in Sioux Falls on March 10th with misuse of a 911 system, false crime report, and at fabricating physical evidence. Like I said, now she owes $17,245.26 to the local sheriff's office for the money they spent investigating her false claim. The sheriff said the, uh, in a press release that the uh, charges were a little disheartening. He says there are far too many victims faced with real trauma, and this woman took advantage of our 911 emergency line and diverted attention away from actual victims who need viable resources available to them for real investigative scenarios. I agree. And remember, she was willing to basically say somebody committed a crime, which in some states is, carries a life sentence because she had a little buyer's remorse on her little extramarital escapade. I would not have given her community sentence for, for that, which is basically probation. Um, I would have sent her to prison. I would have sent her to prison. Let me know. Would you have sent her to prison as well? Next, yesterday we talked about the porch pirate that stole the actual porch. Well, let's just face it. These porch pirates are getting pretty brazen because, well, it's not like there's a whole lot of resources unless you have a ring camera that can see what's taking place and maybe you can ID them. But take a look at this. The porch pirate takes matters in his own, own hands when he grabs the package directly from the FedEx worker. Didn't even wait for her, the FedEx worker to put the matter or the box on the porch. So take a look at the doorbell footage. Um, it shows uh, the uh, capturing a man approaching a delivery driver as she walked towards this home in Virginia holding the package, which actually contained an iPad. At the last second, the bandit snatches the package right out of the driver's hand and bolts off to his car, a white BMW. You know how those BMW guys are. <laughs> They're a bunch of douchebags, right? Anyway, police are investigating the theft and uh, they have the clip and they want to know if anybody has any help. And apparently there's been some other robberies as well. They're getting bold, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to say we're going to have to do something about it, but somewhere someone's going to have to do something about it. Maybe the legislature is going to make it where you can start defending your property, not just life and limb, maybe something over 50 bucks. I don't know. Too low? Or is it a life? And if saved just one life, wouldn't it be worth it? After all, it's just stuff. Well, are they going to replace your stuff? I doubt it. Next, is there a serial killer on the loose? A sheriff thinks so. The sheriff investigating the brutal murder of Rachel Marin has warned that the suspect is linked to a March home invasion and sexual assault of a girl in Los Angeles, and in fact, could be a serial killer who could be preparing to strike again. Now, Marin set out on August 5th for a hike and left her car at a, a trailhead um, in the uh, center of Bel Air, Maryland, about 20 miles northeast of Baltimore when she was killed. 
Her body was discovered the day after she uh, disappeared, naked and beaten in a tunnel alongside the scenic Ma and Pa Heritage Trail. After DNA at a crime scene in Los Angeles matched at the scene of Marin's killing, the Hartford County Sheriff, a guy by the name of Jeff Gaylor, said Monday that a disturbing pattern may be developing while the suspect is still on the loose. Serial killers all start somewhere. What he did in Los Angeles was certainly, the sheriff believes, in that direction. He says the sheriff believes it is his intention to inflict more serious physical harm. So don't panic, but be aware of your surroundings. Be able to protect yourself. Go with a friend. When in doubt, yell like hell. Protect yourself, ladies. Finally, our dumb criminal of the day. A man was spotted driving a, get this, Power Wheels Jeep on an Indiana roadway. You know what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Not a real Jeep, the little toy Jeep that your little kids drive around and it's all plastic and it has that little wing, that noise. That's what he was driving in. The guy was driving it on the highway. And guess what? Yes, poor decisions were made because alcohol was involved and he's been charged with driving under the influence. John McKee. This guy, rocket scientist extraordinaire, was pulled over around 9 p.m. on Wednesday by an Indiana trooper when he noticed the driving the uh, blue power wheels without lights or reflectors. <laughs> what do I tell you? All those little gateway crimes, next thing you know, you don't have lights and reflectors on your Mattel big wheel, whatever it is. Next thing you know, you're DUI. It's a gateway crime, ladies and gentlemen. It's where it all begins. Well, needless to say, Mr. Key was uh, stopped near his home, which is near the border between uh, Indiana and Illinois. And um, since Mr. McKee appeared impaired, the trooper administered some roadside sobriety tests, which, of course, Mr. McKee failed. And Mr. McKee also agreed to a blood draw at the local hospital, told the police that he had a little pot, maybe a little crystal meth in his system as well. Yes, those two can get you a driving under the influence of drugs, not just a driving under the influence of alcohol. Well, Mr. McKee um, was released uh, after posting a $5,000 bond for the felony charge. Now, as for Mr. McKee's ride, which can top about five miles per hour, well, guess what? Troy's towing there in Indiana was contacted to take possession of the power wheel and um, put it on its little trailer bed. I guess who's going to pay to get it impounded? Anyway, Mr. McKee, you are a dumb criminal of the day. Uber, buddy, you could have, for what it costs to get out on that $5,000 bond, you could have paid somebody. Hell, you could have bought a real car to get you home, but you didn't. All right, thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful remainder of your day. And remember, please join us tonight, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, for our live show. We'll be taking your calls and then our Patreon show immediately following that. 